singing in my soul. I got a sweet salvation, and it's beautiful. I got a note quiet singing in my Yeah. 
picture here, and I want to just give you a heads up on the situation with my wife. She has been really sick, virus, migraine, uh, infection, confection, uh, all these things she's had, and she is uh, she was determined to be to church this morning, and her determination woke up during the middle of the night and said, I'm not going, or I can't go, but your prayers for her would be so appreciated. Uh, we both did go and get our uh, test yesterday on the COVID and uh, found out that uh, we are free of that. Uh, we both have been fully vaccinated as well as boosted. And so we didn't think there was a problem that way, but we wanted to make sure uh, for ourselves, for our family, church family, and uh, the blood family as well. Thank the Lord. We're going to ask Brother Harold to come on forward here, direct us in our uh, rest of our service. God bless everyone. We're just so grateful that you're here. Thank the Lord. Pastors, what do you say? He's been vaxxed and boosted. He'll be a superhero pretty quick. Get a few more shots, man. <laughs> Super vaxxed. Just a couple announcements um, that we have here. November 20th will be a men's night here at the church. So mark that on your calendars. And then the uh, 24th, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, there won't be a Wednesday night service. So you can go ahead and um, mark that down on your calendars. Not in the bulletin yet, but... Uh, uh, I think that was uh, mentioned this morning. So the 24th, Wednesday night, there'll be no service here. And uh, ladies, I guess last Friday you went to your night of worship. Was that good? Yes, that's good, that's good. Good to hear that. Um, and then you're uh, tentatively December 4th for the next ladies meeting, and they'll announce that again when things are official on that. But does anybody have anything they need to mention that we've missed? Nothing? All right. Well, let's all uh, stand, and we'll uh, have a time of prayer here this morning as we go into service. If anybody wants to make a prayer request, you can do that. Sister Millie? I don't have a prayer request, but I do have a praise. Okay. Because I asked for prayer for my ex-husband. He's been through a fine. All right. All right, praise report. All right. All right. Yes, thank God for that. Is there a request anywhere? Okay. All right, unspoken. Any other unspoken? You can raise your hand. God knows all these needs. And remember this morning's service, Pastor and, and Sister Joanne. Um, she's not here this morning. She's under the weather, like Pastor mentioned. So remember her. All right, let's pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Just uh, thank you, God, for this day, God. We love you. And we thank you, Lord, for the abundance of love and mercy that you have for us. God bless us, sister. We honor you, Lord. It's our good today, God. Oh, God, something about our heart. I thank you, Lord, that you are never leaving us, never forsaken us, oh, God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your love and 
come up. It is uh, first Sunday offering, so it's pastor's offering this morning, so we want to uh, remember um, as we're giving, um, we're giving to him and his wife, his family, and um, um, as we pray this morning, obviously we want to pray for them in a special way, and um, we thank them for their service, everything they do, and all the miles they get to travel, and now they get to pay a little extra for their miles that they travel, so uh, we want to remember them at this time. But uh, if you have um, uh, money that needs to go somewhere else, just mark it on the envelope or on the check, and it will do that. But let's pray. God, we come to you again thanking you, Lord, for this morning, God, and for this time. God, we just um, thank you for Pastor and his family, Lord. We just ask that you continue to bless them and, and be with them in a special way, God. Continue to keep your hand upon them, um, keep them in good health, God, and ministering to them, Lord, and, and uh, continuing to provide your words through them, God. Just help them to see what you have, God, and see your direction and just be able to minister to us here, Lord. We, we thank you for all you're doing with them and continue to do in your name. Amen.
that you would take my place and bear my cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he has won the victory, which makes us as his children victorious. Amen? Makes us as his children victorious. I'm so thankful for what he did for us.
not depend on my circumstances. And I'm glad that the goodness of my God does not depend on the goodness of other people. But my God is good. He is pure and he is good. And he is kind. And he made a way for us. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that this morning. You know, Veterans Day is coming up and we need to honor those who sacrificed for our country. And as I was the first that this is amazing grace song how he took our place how he took our place in a way that goes above and beyond what any what sacrifice anyone else has ever made for us and i'm thankful for that but most of all i'm thankful for the sacrifice that my savior made and that his goodness does not change based on the economy or the price of gas and his goodness does not change based on any political thing but he is good His goodness doesn't change based on how good things are at home or not. His goodness does not change based on any external factor. He is simply good. And he wants us to live in that goodness as blessed, called, anointed people filled with his power for the glory of his name. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Oh God, you're so
he's better to me than he is to you. However, you may very well think that about how you feel about how good God is. Isn't it wonderful to have a Lord that we can serve? That we do serve. And he is there for us. Any moment during the night that we want to speak to him, we can. Any time during the day that we want to pause and talk to him, we can. He's closer than anything else or anyone else to us in this whole wide world. We are, we have an interesting day coming up in the sports world. I've got to share this story with you. I uh, will tell you that along the way, I am, when people that do not know me and find out that I am a minister, they will say to me very, very, very often, please remember the Chiefs this weekend, would you? And uh, that happens from this congregation, as a matter of fact. Yesterday, my wife and I were taking our COVID test, of which we are free of, just to re-echo those thoughts again. And the lady that was taking care of me, sticking the, the rubber hose up my nose, that, type, that thing, the... Uh, she, in the course of the conversation with me, found out I was a minister and said to me, please be sure to pray for the chiefs this weekend. And uh, I, I said, well, I will. I'll pray for their well-being. You know, you have to be careful how you word some things. And then I asked her how she wanted me to pray for Aaron Rodgers. And if you don't know that story, I'm not going to tell you, but ask uh, Joe or anybody there, Harold, they can tell you. And she kind of smiled and looked at me and gave me a wink, and she said, pray for his soul. <laughs> and uh, you that understand the ins and outs of that story, you know what is happening there. I am glad that Sister Millie doesn't have to rush home today, that the ball game doesn't come on until the middle of the afternoon. And uh, I uh, thank the Lord for that, that not all of us have to rush home. I, I don't know when the Chicago Bears play, and you don't care. <laughs> so we will look up the box score on it. At the end of the day is the title that I have for my presentation this morning. And then I've got a word at the end of it, standing. And I base that on the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. And I'm reading both from the King James Version today, uh, some of the scriptures and some of them from the 
Message Bible as well. Here is what the Scripture says when Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, King James Version. He said, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now then, obviously, you can see how that ties into the title that I have for this presentation. At the end of the day, standing. And I think that is a thought that every one of us here this morning, and those that are not able to be here, there are several that are afflicted today and not able to be here, and perhaps other reasons that I know not of. But the scripture is very plain about you're going to have a quite a day from time to time. And there's going to be very difficult situations in that day in which the scripture, the Paul calls it an evil time, that you're going to be perplexed, hit upside the head, knocked down, knocked around, whatever. And you've got to be able to withstand that particular type of day that you're experiencing. And after you do all that you have to do, you are standing. We are fighting and standing our ground. That's part of the makeup of our spiritual demeanor in the time of day that we live in, the era of time that we live in. And we must be in a place where we never forget that we are in a warfare. I, I think sometimes, and we've been saying this a lot, or I've been hearing it said a lot, that sometimes that ministers, teachers need to be careful that they don't paint everything in such a rosy picture, but cause some things are going to be difficult that you encounter in your life. We must understand that this spirituality life that we live, that at times there is going to be a great strain from the evil one who is out to get you, to nail you, to knock you for a loop. We must never forget that we are in a warfare. Timothy received these words in the second division or second letter from Paul, verse 1, when he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. They're going to come. They are there. We're experiencing them even as we speak today. We have got to realize... And we should realize and, uh, something very important. The, the other 
uh, Wednesday night, two or three Wednesday nights ago, Brother George Nichols spoke here at the church, or I think maybe I was speaking, and he made a comment about how that he knew of a minister who so despised the thought of Satan that he could not even in writing and using his name did not capitalize the letter S or the letter D. He, Harper Hunter was this man's name, a great evangelist in our church in early years. He just could not stand to give Satan or the devil any credit than what he needed to do or any recognition. And we have to understand something about the nature of Satan, that he has rejected all goodness, all righteousness, all mercy. He has rejected the rightly divided Word of God, the Bible. He is opposed to everything that Jesus died for and that we have to reject no capital letter in Satan or devil's name. We have to reject ourselves the fact that he is against everything that we live for, that we just desire to have for our families and the well-being of our brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, the Bible says something to the effect about how that we are to submit ourselves to the Lord, how that we are to resist the devil and cause him to flee from us. The warning that Paul gave also went out to the church at Rome, as described in verses one, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It's an interesting verse of Scripture right here. In this particular verse of Scripture, we are learning something about that God doesn't like. Now, we don't often take this particular slant about the Lord, but uh, let's face it, the Lord, according to the Word of God, He's got an ire, if you please, or He gets up to it, or put it another way, He don't like it. And the Bible says that it is revealed in from heaven, it's revealed in this fashion that His wrath is against all ungodliness, against all unrighteousness of men or mankind who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Better look out preachers, teachers, people that go to church and they claim the name of Jesus and so on and they live like the devil, small letter D, and act like Him when the right people are not looking. The Lord 
holds a special raft or anger against this type of ungodliness. Let's go to verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Well, they knew better, according to what the writer is saying. They, they had a, a good understanding of what it should be. They've been in Sunday school class. They've heard the preacher. They've read a few books. But be it known that the God that they are trying to demonstrate and or illustrate in their life, it has been shown to them. They know better. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I will tell you that the Lord is not going to surprise anybody and say, oh, I told you so, and that individual or individuals would be able to say, uh, I never knew about it. That's not true according to God's Word. They are without excuse. God has been there. He's visited them. He showed them what the right way is, told them which way to turn, which hill to climb, and which uh, turn to make in life. Because of that, verse 21 when they knew God, there was a time that they started out with the Lord. When they knew God, they glorified Him. But listen, not as God, neither were thankful. It was a road that they were traveling for their own gain, for their own. You just can't mess with God. You've got to live right. You've got to think right. You cannot be a folding. You cannot... Yes, the Word is still in the Scriptures, and it's in our vocabulary. You cannot exercise hypocrisy and get by with the Lord. Oh, Lord, help us to realize that there is going to be an ending to this day, and we need to be standing in the Lord because of that. Professing themselves, this is what they do sometimes, to be wise, they become as fools. I had a, a deacon one time and a member of my, a church that my wife and I pastored in uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. This was back in the uh, 70s. That's the 1970s, by the way, Sister Melling, not the 1870s. And I think about a saying that he had, and he used it very frequently to the point that sometimes, well, he got the point across. Better to be thought a fool than to open thy mouth and remove all doubt. You've heard it, no doubt, yourself. And uh, Brother Everett heard it. I, that even woke him up. Isn't that strange how certain things capture him like that? But uh, that's okay. I put him to sleep. It's my job to wake him up. The fact is... The scripture says that this type of people, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And this is what they've done. They change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. We're talking about at the end of the day. 
to be standing in the Lord, standing in truth. And this is what has happened because of their phony walk, their walk that is deceitful and deceitful to mankind. They have become to the place that they are in the image or they project the image of a phony, a corruptible man to birds and four-footed beasts. Oh my goodness, Paul really was getting down to calling them names. And uh, I, I guess if you really want to copy this and you know somebody that ought to be described a certain way, I, I guess you could use uh, these words uh, that, like that guy is like some type of four-footed beast or a creeping thing. Well, that's what Paul says concerning these people. And this is what they have done in their life. They've changed the glory. Wherefore God has gave them up to uncleanliness, to the lust of their own heart, to dishonor, to dishonor their own bodies between them, between themselves, having done all to stand, to stand therefore. At the end of the day, standing in truth, standing because of the truth, and standing to be able even to give one's life for the truth. There's no secret about this warning. I love what the message Bible repeats in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 from the message. But it says, God is angry. Displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulate. And people try to put a shroud over truth. Put the basic reality of God in plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance. And the mystery of the divine being, no, nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion, so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but were, but were illiterate regarding life. They traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you can buy at any roadside stand. Well, that is really a loaded description of people who have tried to go, march, live under the banner of being a child of God. And being able to be the person for the time that they live in. But I love what the thought is that we present from the King James Version, chapter 1 of the book of Romans, verses 24, 26. 
and we're talking about what these people think of themselves, what they're seeking for, that they get what they want, what they ask for. Here we go. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness thought, the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Uh, obviously we're talking about uh, lesbian and we're talking about gay we're talking about incest in this particular verse of scripture and those that at one time thought it was hunkered over him they're going to find out that they went so far that God has just let them go on and go on then and they have not stopped themselves and nor have they sought to been stopped they changed verse 25 the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than your Creator, who is blessed forever. Um, this, of course, you see this, and in everyday life, no doubt, most of you do, or many of you do, I'm sure, as it is illustrated in the in the public, in on the jobs, wherever you might journey you will see this type of thing happening. And were they in the name of being free in the Lord, being saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, being a person abiding by the truth, and they're going under the pretense of having this experience in their life, and they themselves are living a life that is so totally contrary to the God's Word. Don't forget my subject title. At the end of the day, we must be standing. We have had some of those people that have came through this church. We welcome anybody through this church. But we welcome those that, that are seeking to change the, the truth of God's Word that we stand for the truth of God's Word. That this must exist in our lives and described, as Paul said, who changed the truth into a lie. They worship, understand who they are, and they serve the creature more than Creator, which is blessed forever and ever. For this cause, this is what's happened to those people. Oh, I tell you, sometimes they can act like we really hurt their feelings. Sometimes they can act like that we are the ones that are wrong because of judgmental attitudes. But let me tell you something. For this cause, God gave them up into or unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Yes, that warning has went out from the Apostle Paul. But it's not a warning necessarily against them as much as it is a warning for us to be aware, to wherefore, at the end of the day, we need to be standing for the truth of God's Word, for the purity of what Jesus died and lived for. We read in Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to the uh, going to the Message Bible for a few scriptures here. Chapter six, verse thirteen through eighteen. The words were, "Be 
prepared. I like that. Be prepared. You're up against for more, far more than you can handle on your own. Oh, I, I tell you, sometimes people like to me like to think we're terribly smart and we can handle everything. But we wake up to breathe and inhale the next day and say, God, I need your help. I definitely need your help. I don't know, I don't know how I can make it without Him. And I, I hate to tell you, well, thank the Lord I can't keep count. And thank the Lord when I ask Him to forgive me, He, He forgives all the mistakes I've made in handling things over the years. But this is what Paul said. This is what the Message Bible writer said. He said, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Boy, I believe that. I can't handle it all on my own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has used so that when it's over, but the shouting you'll still be on your feet at the end of the day, standing. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word, brothers and sisters, this is so true. God's Word is an indispensable weapon in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard. Pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drop out. Think about it. We do need each other. We must have each other. And we must be depending on the Lord to help each of us. We just are not a, as the writer said, a man out on the island by himself. We've got to have God's help. We have got to have God's help. I think about our prayer train, prayer chain, uh, not only through telephone, but uh, messages, but by personal calls as well. And I think about people that not even a part of our congregation here, they call that prayer train. We must have your help, brothers and sisters, is what they're saying. We've got this happening, or we got that happening. We need your help.
It doesn't talk about a wrestling match, but it is talking about the things we wrestle against in this world. It talks about the things that we need to be aware of. What are some of those? It's not just human kindness or humankind. It is not just the things of this, or the man or woman that lives next door or down the street. Not just that. We don't wrestle solely against flesh and blood like that. But we wrestle against governments. We wrestle against the power that is in a world that is money and control and dictatorship that is in the world. The people that rule dictate what things are going to be or will be the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness. And that, that's, to me, is just one of the most dangerous ones of all is when we experience those times in which we are going to be wrestling, be faced against religious mandates dictating us things that the world is to follow that is contrary to the word of God no doubt this is a reason Paul went on to say and described in Ephesians 6 13 18 13 through 18 about how that we need to have the armor of the Lord on this is familiar scripture to many of you as I read this uh, you can Recall, even say some of the words if you wish. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, standing or taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of Satan, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the Spirit, and watching, watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There could be a lot said and many sermons could be preached on one, just any one of these topics and or all of them. But in condensing the thoughts about the armor of God, it talks about the belt of truth, the breastplate of God's righteousness, Shoes that bear God's peace. 
the shield of faith that is bearing the characteristic of the Lord and living a faithful life, the helmet of salvation, and of course the Bible, having the word of knowledge and the word of comfort in our lives and in our minds, having the sword. There is a true story. It occurred in 18, the year 1858. There was a young minister by the name of Dudley Ting. I may not have his name pronounced right, but it's spelt T-Y-N-G. He was a young minister, and he pastored a church. He got hurt on a farm, a farm accident. It eventually killed him. And as the funeral was conducted by a neighbor in church, a neighbor pastor, a friend of his, whose name was George Duffield, D-U-F-F-I-E-L-D, in case I do not have it spelled right. As he conducted or moderated the service, he had wrote a poem for the occasion. And the poem was eventually to become a song. And this is what the poem said. It is a song also. I don't know if we have it or not. If we do, that will be fine. And I'd like for us to sing part of it anyway. Here's what the song, the poem said. Stand up, stand for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not, it must not suffer loss. Stand up for Jesus. The trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. You that are men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength. In his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. And watching unto prayer where duty calls or danger. But never wanting to be there. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day. The noise of the battle. The next. The victor's song. To him. That overcometh. A crown of life. Shall be. He with the king of glory. Shall reign. Eternally. Stand up. Bridges.
I cannot think of the personalities and the friendship that these two ministers had. That he must have known how his friend that died or was killed in the accident on the farm, how he felt, and that he was a man that stood up for Jesus all the day long. And so at the end of the day, we find him standing, standing up for Jesus. Figuratively speaking and literally, I would like for you to stand this morning. Do we have, we do have, we a good deal. We're going to sing some of this song or however much Sister Lisa has. Yes, in this day and time that we live in, the whole armor of God needs to be there. Trusting, standing, believing for Jesus, Sister Lisa. service this morning. I know that this church is filled with people that believe and practice the testimony of standing up for Jesus. I'm so pleased to be here with you. And I am going to ask us to pray a concert prayer for each one that is here.
that we as a church, we as a congregation, that we will stand up for Jesus. Think about it. The evil, the disgust of the evil that is out there, and the illnesses that are out there, the the, uh, pandemics and all the things that are out there to destroy man. We need to make sure we're standing up for Jesus. Oh, God, help us as a people to stand up for Jesus, to stand with each other as we all stand up for Jesus. Let us pray. This will be our dismissal prayer, but let us pray unto the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're honoring you, Lord, this morning, thanking you, Lord, for being with us in the service of God in a special way. Lord, you have been there. Lord, you have been here. And Lord, you've been tomorrow. There isn't anything you cannot do. There isn't anything that you're not able to help us with. Lord, we bless and praise your holy and righteous name. Asking you, Lord, to be with each man and woman as we leave here today. Lord, asking you to touch those that are not able to be here. And asking you, Lord, to give us all the wisdom and and fear of God. Give us our daily bread. Lord, help us as we go on the journeys. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank <laughs> you.